With the deadline coming up tomorrow, the Seahawks plan to have Geno Smith on the roster for the time being, and he's going to get his base salary. What does that mean for his status with the Seahawks in 2024? Is he now guaranteed to be the starter? We're going to be diving in on our Thursday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked on Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined on our Thursday episode. A little bit of a change-up this week by my co-host, Nick Lee. And a special thanks to all the 12s out there. Whether you're listening in nearby Everett, Washington, or in Knoxville, Tennessee, we greatly appreciate each and every one of you for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. The Seahawks will have Geno Smith on the roster tomorrow, which means he's going to get a big base salary payday, regardless of where he plays in 2024. We'll look at what that means for the Seahawks quarterback situation. Plus, is Jordan Brooks going to be back in 2024? And some thoughts on Ryan Grubb's intro press conference today at the VMAC. It's a jam-packed episode coming your way, courtesy of Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Now for your lead story here on our Thursday edition of Locked on Seahawks. It has been a debated topic for weeks, really since the end of the 2023 season. Would Seattle keep Geno Smith around before the February 17th deadline where he was going to get his 12.7 million dollar base salary fully guaranteed? Well, Nick, we now have an answer and it's really the answer that we expected the entire time. We looked at both sides of the coin, but we expected the Seahawks would have Geno Smith on the roster on Friday and that that base salary would be locked in whether they have plans for him to be here long term or not. They locked that in today. They informed him that he was going to be on the roster. So at least for now, Geno Smith looks to be the starter moving forward with Ryan Grubb being the offensive coordinator. I've been arguing this since that move was announced a little over a week ago that this has a chance to be a really good marriage, at least short term, with Geno Smith having a lot of similar traits to what Michael Penix would bring to the table and had so much success doing at Washington in Grubb's offense. Yeah, I think any thoughts of, Ryan Grubb or Mike McDonald coming into town and that being the end of Geno Smith was very, very premature. Um, the news of this contract, you know, uh, detail, frankly, doesn't really change anything for me. They could restructure his contract to reduce his cap hit still. They could still draft a quarterback, heck, in the first round still. Um, I, I don't think this is, you know, m much. This is kind of not really news. I mean, it's kind of news, but not really. And you, you just look at the stats, bear it out here. I mean, he's been a pretty much a top 10 quarterback in the last two years. Yes, he took a bit of a step back in 2023, but really everybody in Seattle pretty much took a step back in 2023, um, the offensive line especially as well. So, I mean, look at those game-winning drives is one that we've been hammering home there. First in the NFL, he's been clutched now. Yes, some of that is you know, having to come back from a deficit. It'd be nice to not have that at all, but you know that you can rely on uh, if the game is on the line and the ball's in Geno Smith's hands, he's proved it already that he can do it. Now, the next question is, is there, is this a guarantee that he is the starting quarterback in 2024? Frankly, Corbin, there are only three guarantees in life, death, 
taxes and Kyle Shanahan blowing a double digit lead in the Super Bowl. But <laughs> um, he just got to get it in. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. It's the only thing we got right now. Um, but it's not guaranteed. But I think this certainly definitely turns it into the uh, more likely than not kind of category. Yeah, I think at this point it would be an absolute stunner if Geno Smith is not the starter for the Seattle Seahawks in 2024. And I've been making this argument on social media today, and maybe that was my first bad choice is deciding to have this argument with people on social media. But you look at the free agents that are out there. You look at the draft uh, candidates that are out there. Seattle's not getting Caleb Williams. They're not getting Drake May. They're not going to get Jaden Daniels. And they're probably not going to get J.J. McCarthy. I, I think J.J. McCarthy might actually go before one of those other quarterbacks that I listed. I have been hearing that he is much higher sought after in the NFL circles than what maybe the media circles have out there. Because statistically, he doesn't stack up with some of these other rookie quarterbacks. But he's in a pro-style offense. He hasn't been asked to throw the ball as much, but he's extremely efficient there's a lot to like about him. And Jim Harbaugh, coach quarterbacks, they tend to do really well at the next level. So I just don't know that the Seahawks are going to have a chance at any of those QBs because they would have to trade up to get them. And they don't have the draft ammo right now to be able to do that. And I don't think they are in a position where they should be trading away a bunch of first and second round picks to move up to draft a QB. I, I don't see a quarterback in this class. I'm just like, you got to have him go do it. So they are in a situation where, you're looking at fifth or sixth quarterback. Maybe Michael Penix makes sense in Seattle if they can trade back and then draft him. Maybe it makes sense to hook him back up with Ryan Grubb or maybe somebody like Spencer Rattler makes sense. But none of these guys are going to step in immediately day one and be your starter. And they're certainly not going to be better than what Geno Smith is right now. You can make an argument Drew Locke is going to be better than these options that would be coming in right away. And then from the free agent standpoint, the best free agent out there is coming off of an Achilles injury in Kirk Cousins, and he's going to command a lot of money on the open market, even coming off that injury. I personally don't think maybe he's slightly better than what Geno Smith is at this stage, but he's coming off the injury and he's going to ask for a lot more money than Geno Smith is making. So you're telling me you want to pay more for Kirk Cousins to get probably very similar production to what you're going to get with Geno Smith, who already knows the receivers in Seattle. And he's going to adapt to this offense, I think, really well. I think it's going to be a seamless transition with his strengths. I just think right now, short term, and we've been talking about this for weeks Unless there was a way that Seattle could get their hands on one of the top quarterbacks in this draft class, and even then, I don't know if those guys are ready to start day one. Geno Smith is the best option for them right now, hands down. Yeah, it's just the 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 climate of the quarterback situation in in football right now. It's not. Yeah, they're kind of in no man's land in the draft, like you mentioned. Free agency is not really that appealing. So unless there's some seismic deal done for for Seattle. In the draft, yeah, Geno Smith's your guy. And frankly, um, I think it's going to be a tough few months, maybe even a tough year for Geno haters. Um, it's he, he's my dream scenario is still Geno in this in a Ryan Grubb system, which we don't quite know what that term means yet. Ryan Grubb system, and we're we're going to talk a bit more about Ryan Grubb here, but just hopefully, you know, physical style play action, you know, taking advantage of Geno's strengths. And because we saw last year, he's a one of the better play action quarterbacks in the NFL. And, you know, hopefully intricating that with what Ryan Grubb can bring to the table. I'm really, in fact, not only am I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I, I, I think Geno Smith is, can be really good and also not the future. I think people 
have a hard time disassociating the fact that, oh, Gino sucks versus he's not the future. I think those are two very different things. I think he's a fine quarterback. I think he's a fine option for 2024. I don't think he's the future, but it doesn't mean that they can't have success with him in 2024 with Ryan Grubb. I think, as you mentioned, that could be a really nice marriage. Yeah, and as you were saying there, I think that is what is lost from a lot of fans, especially when they've had conversations with me on social media. Like, I am not against, I never have been against the idea of drafting a quarterback. In fact, if he was the long-term guy, I'm not against drafting a quarterback at some point. I subscribe to that Ron Wolf system where we are constantly trying to turn things over with a young quarterback and develop them and see if we can get value for him. And maybe eventually one of those guys is the next in line starter. And John Schneider has not done that in Seattle. I think the Pete Carroll impact has had a lot to do with that, but I am not against drafting a quarterback. I'm also not against the idea of at least looking into some other alternatives. But the thing is, I think when you're looking from the outside right now, there aren't any alternatives that are going to be better than what you have. I mean, Baker Mayfield, they didn't want two years ago, and I like Baker Mayfield, but he's going to be looking for big money after leading the Buccaneers to the second round of the playoffs. And I personally think Gino is just as good, if not better, than Baker Mayfield. You just look at the stats across the board. He is the better quarterback of the two the last two years. Now, Mayfield's younger. I get that. But I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is totally in line with what you're saying. I think right now the best option for Seattle to be able to compete this year and potentially make the playoffs and do some damage in the playoffs is to have number seven under center. That does not mean that three years from now that he's going to be your starting quarterback. Maybe he is. I mean, I could see him playing four or five years at a really high level, but you could have another quarterback coming in the next few years, maybe in this draft class that eventually becomes your starter. Those two things don't have to be exclusive. So I think in that sense, a lot of the people with different viewpoints on this, maybe we can get along a little bit better because I'm looking at this from a short-term view. Long-term, you can still draft that QB if you want to develop and eventually be your starter. The Seahawks have options there. They also could trade Geno Smith before March 18th if they want to, if they have the right offer. But I'll say this before we go to the next segment, Nick. I just want to clarify Adam Schefter's report. There was nothing said about Justin Fields or Dak Prescott or any of those players. There was no interested teams. So those of you that are trying to throw that out there, stop making stuff up. You are turning this report into what you want to hear. It just said if there are interested teams, this may be a good value at the quarterback position. But no other rumors are out there. So let's move on. Coming up next, we are going to transition to Ryan Grubb's First press conference with the Seahawks. What stood out from his discussion today with reporters at the VMAC? We'll be breaking that down next here on a Thursday edition of Locked On Seahawks. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be full of twists and turns and throw a few wrenches at you at unexpected times. So it's important to lead yourself through it all and put a focus on your mental health. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and they can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy worked wonders for me over the past year, struggling to deal with family-related health issues. But don't just take my word for it. Having someone in your corner to guide you when you're struggling to navigate obstacles can be invaluable. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy that is done securely online, available to people worldwide. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the best fit for you. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. BetterHelp has a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. 
You're listening to the Thursday edition of Locked on Seahawks. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined by my co-host, Nick Lee, here for today's episode. And a special thanks to all the 12s. Thank you for listening and making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. As we transition towards free agency, we are less than a month away from free agency we got a chance to hear from the new coordinators on Mike McDonald's staff today, the offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, defensive coordinator, Adam Durday, and special teams coordinator, Jay Harbaugh, all spoke with reporters today. We'll have a chance to look at what Durday and Harbaugh said at a later date on the show, but we are going to go to offense first, and it's it's fitting. It's a perfect segue coming from the discussion that we just had on Geno Smith with him being on the roster, getting his base salary fully guaranteed for 2024. There were a lot of things that stood out that Ryan Grubb said today. I thought overall it was a very impressive press conference. You could see the confidence. Clearly, this is something he's been thinking about for a long time. In fact, he said three years ago is when he really started to think about being an offensive coordinator or potentially a head coach in the NFL. And this ended up being the right opportunity for him. But Nick, we were just talking about Geno Smith, and it feels like I know there's a lot of fans out there that want to see some turnover at the quarterback position, and maybe they do draft a signal caller. But whether you're listening to Mike McDonald, Ryan Grubb, whoever has been talking about this football team with all these new changes, they've been mentioning Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Un- prompted consistently been mentioning drew lock it sounds to me like this is a group that they really would like to run it back with those quarterbacks and maybe you add a rookie to that mix but it it does seem to me like this is not coach speak at this point that mike mcdonald ryan grubb and company they really do want to move forward with geno smith and drew lock in 2024 i absolutely can see a scenario where they, they want to kind of build from there with the continuity quarterback and you know fill holes other ways you know especially mike mcdonald resetting that defense Ryan Grubb perhaps getting more physical on the offensive line because we saw in 2022, I mean, you got a decent defense, right? They weren't really decent, but better than last year. And a decent offensive line. And, you know, with Geno Smith, you can you can make things happen. And, you know, what I like about Ryan Grubb is that, yeah, he he that he wants that continuity quarterback. He, he did mention Drew Locke unprompted, uh, unprovoked. There's a few buzzwords for me, too, that I liked. It's personnel-based scheme and accentuating the positives of your, of your offense. I like those things. So yeah, is it going to look like UW, you know, top two passing offense in the FBS with Michael Penix? Probably not. Um, but Geno Smith could certainly perhaps shoulder that kind of thing, but I do like that. There's, there's some, there's some similarities there. So obviously the, the continuity quarterback is, is going to be important and to them, it looks like it's going to be important to them. And I know that might be bad news to a certain faction of the fan base. And Drew Locke has been the more interesting one, um, you know, wanting him to, to perhaps you know, come along with this. And yeah, again, the Geno Smith news, Ryan, Ryan Grubb's press conference, to me, that does not change anything of they could still draft a quarterback, they could still restructure, they could still make some moves. It doesn't really change my opinion much. Yeah, and I think the other thing that really jumped out to me, I was curious on Grubb's thoughts in the quarterbacks, and he said the things that I anticipated he was going to, talking about the accuracy and the decision-making for Geno Smith, referencing being first in the league in completion percentage, Drew Locke giving him advice on being a first-time father, and I figured you would laugh about that one too. Uh, Not getting any sleep, he was trying to give him some advice on that, but um For me, I was curious about how the relationship with Mike McDonald came to be because these two did not coach together at any point. They 
didn't coach against each other at any point. I know Michigan and Washington just played this year in the national championship game, but Mike McDonald's been back in Baltimore the last two years. So there wasn't a natural fit for these two to have any connection. But apparently last year at the Combine, and Michael Penix Jr. was there with Ryan Grubb a year ahead before he was going to be the Combine. I guess he was doing some prep work trying to see what he was going to be dealing with, and now he's going to be facing that at the Combine here in a couple of weeks. But Ryan Grubb was there to watch quarterbacks. That's just what he loves to do. And that's another reason you can't rule out the idea the Seahawks are going to draft a QB, even if they bring back Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Ryan Grubb loves to evaluate quarterbacks. And so there's a good chance there could be a guy in this draft. Maybe it's Michael Penix coming back with him in Seattle. But there's always a good chance that he is going to be trying to get a younger quarterback. And he's certainly looking at him. But he met Mike McDonald at the Combine last year and developed that initial connection. And he started to think, hey, maybe there's a possibility down the road if this guy gets a head coaching job that maybe I'm somebody that he may want to link up with as an offensive coordinator. As it turns out, that was one of the first things that really happened once Mike McDonald knew that he had this head coaching job. He was trying to get Ryan Grubb to leave Alabama where he'd been for five minutes and come out and join the Seahawks. And ultimately, he was able to persuade him into doing that because of that connection and the fact that Grubb has been looking towards the NFL now for a few years. So I thought that was really fascinating, almost as fascinating as his discussion about wanting to have a physical ground game, which that perked my, my ears up as well today, Nick. Well, yeah, just that brief on that connection. It's, you know, he must have made a really good impression if that little meeting has led to it so much. Um, and yeah, even with the offense he had at UW, people are kind of picturing him coming in here with this sexy West Coast, airing it all over the place kind of offense. But really, you know, he's he's cut his teeth into several different directions with, with the offense. Um, he was a running backs coach at South Dakota State and a receivers coach, Sioux Falls, run game coordinator, offensive line coach quarterbacks coach eventually offensive line coach at eastern michigan run game coordinator and offensive line coach again at fresno state um so he has really been about as besides, uh, I guess besides tight ends coach i guess <laughs> everything else you could possibly be on the offense so it's not like he's only specializing in quarterbacks and airing it out in fact quite the opposite run game coordinator on several different stops so i am expecting him to he, he mentioned like i said personnel-based schemes accentuating the positives of the roster. And so is that an air attack he did? I know that you're going to make a point in a second about the, the receiving core. And, you know, certainly the Seahawks have some strengths there. But I think, I know it's maybe still the Pete Carroll deep within my brain, but, you know, the, the run game, the physical playing hard run game with Mike McDonald's hopefully revamped defense, that seems like a pretty decent formula for success moving forward. Everybody knows what happened the last two years at UW. And as he mentioned today, you know what? He was accentuating the strengths of that roster. He's got three receivers that could be gone in the first two to three rounds. And you've got Roma Dunze, who I think is going to be a top 10 pick. I mean, they had studs on the outside. They had some good receiving tight ends like Jack Westover, Devin Culp. I mean, they had all kinds of weapons. So why wouldn't he throw the ball over the yard? Oh, by the way, they had a great pass protecting offensive line too. So they could do that. Coming to Seattle, you know, there's a lot of pieces that are different. This O-line's got a lot of question marks. They've got Ken Walker the third and Zach Charbonnet, a player who that Ryan Grubb is going to be very familiar with because of the Pac-12 ties at UCLA. So there are certainly some pieces here that make sense. And as you mentioned, this is a guy that if you look at his entire background, his entire resume, 
Yeah, Fresno State and Washington, they cut their teeth slinging the ball over the place. But again, that was the personnel they had. Eastern Michigan the last year it was there. They had the seventh most rushing yards in a single season they'd had in program history. At Sioux Falls, they were one of the most dominant run offenses in all of NAIA. And they won two championships in three years because of that when he was the O-line coach and run game coordinator. So it's not like there isn't a history where he's had some really darn good running football teams as well. That being said, as you mentioned, we got to talk to receivers because if Ryan Grubb loved what he had at Washington with Odunze and Polk and McMillan, wait till he gets his hands on DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. And some of our listeners are going to love this, but he unprompted mentioned Jake Bobo. So we're going to get more Bobo here, a guy who Ryan Grubb knows from playing against in the Pac-12. So there is some familiarity there. He's the kind of receiver that he isn't fast, obviously, but he's a great route runner. You can make the argument that there were some guys on Washington's offense that weren't necessarily the most explosive athletes, but they were great route runners. They found ways to get involved in that high-octane passing game. So you could just see the genuine excitement from Ryan Grubb, how fired up he was about the chance to be able to work with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jack Smith, and Jigba. And he had to mention Bobo because of his smarts, his route running ability being able to catch in traffic. There's a lot of things to like about him getting after it as a blocker as well. So even though the run game, that is something everybody's going to be wondering about with what this scheme is going to look like, how the run game is going to play out with Ryan Grubbs going to the pros, you're still going to be looking at a team that is built around really talented receivers, a quarterback that could get the football to him in Geno Smith or if Drew Locke is in the lineup. That is still going to be a huge part of this offense. He said the focal point, getting those guys the football. So they're going to air it out. There's going to be plenty of opportunities, but I think the way they do it is going to be a little different than what we saw him do at Washington, especially with the question marks that you've got of the offensive line, at least at this present time. Up next, we are going to shift gears back to free agency on the defensive side of the football. The Seahawks currently don't have any linebackers with any starting experience on the roster Will Jordan Brooks be back next season to play for Mike McDonald? We'll be breaking it all down. We come back here on our Thursday edition of Locked on Seahawks. This episode is brought your way by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry or start ripping your hair out when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to get your tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. If you want to see the Seattle Kraken at Climate Pledge Arena as they try to get back to the playoffs, thanks to Game Time's awesome flash deals feature and a detailed stadium map, you can find awesome seats to watch the Kraken at home for under $125, and it's super easy. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, and Game Time's guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Locked on Seahawks. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined for today's show by my co-host, Nick Lee. And a special thanks to all the 12s 
Thank you for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to check out Locked On's first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here with your 24-7 coverage from the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. As Mike McDonald gets set to kick off his first head coaching gig with the Seattle Seahawks, a coach who has really cut his teeth coaching linebackers, right now he doesn't really have very many linebackers on the current roster. Yes, you've got John Radigan and Patrick O'Connell, but really away from those two who have never started a game in the NFL and barely played any snaps on defense in the NFL, there isn't any experience that is under contract Past March 13th, when the new league year opens, Bobby Wagner, Devin Bush, Jordan Brooks, all three of them set to be free agents. We're going to look at Brooks today because to me, he's the most high profile of those three. And that's not taking any shots at Bobby Wagner. It's just the stage of his career that he's at. Still a very good player. But Jordan Brooks is the longtime starter that is still in the prime of his career, is coming off a season where he remarkably came back from a torn ACL to play in week one, still at over 100 tackles, a career high in sacks. I thought he played his best ball in coverage this year. It just didn't get noticed very much. There was a lot to be excited about. And given the fact that he is still a very young player who racks up tackles in bunches. No, by the way, the Ravens were very interested in him when the Seahawks took him and they ultimately picked Patrick Queen. I think Mike McDonald is going to love the competitive spirit this kid brings to the table and just his overall skill set, his sideline to sideline playmaking ability. It really just boils down to price, but there are a lot of reasons, including the fact that Seahawks don't have any linebackers right now, why this would seem like a top priority, Nick. I would argue linebacker is their number one priority. And Patrick, or sorry, Mike McDonald and the Baltimore Ravens defense kind of displayed on you know, the off-ball linebacker still is very, very relevant in today's football. And Jordan Brooks, yes, he had over 100 tackles. He he had, a, you know, I don't know what I call a down year, but certainly um, there, there was a, it was a different year. You mentioned he, he had his best coverage uh, number as far as quarterback rating uh, allowed. Um, yeah, career high in sacks. So certainly the abilities there. He's not going to be 27 till October. So I, I think that this would be, you know, this has got to be, if not Jordan Brooks, off-ball linebacker is going to be one of the, if not the top need. And I was looking at some projections and Spot Track. Um, I love that website. Has projects that have projects him to get a four-year, forty-five point three million dollar deal, about eleven point three per season. And Pro Football Focus has him at a two-year, eleven million dollar or eleven million per season, two-year, twenty-two. Um, so around the 11, 10, 11 mark is is what. Um, some projections are, are saying, and if that is true for a guy that's not even 27, a year removed from ACL injury, you know, he can have a full off season, fully healthy off season, get that those legs completely back under him. I think he's one of the more athletic linebackers, off ball linebackers in the NFL. He can cover sideline to sideline. The thing that I think Mike, Mike McDonald is going to ask his off ball linebackers to do more and more, um, as you saw in Baltimore. So, um, I think he's a good fit there. Obviously, you know, Patrick Queen, you know, comes that that'd be an interesting debate, you know, with how the, the draft broke between those two. And now here we are with Patrick Queen's old coach versus Jordan Brooks bringing back at you know, obviously the price point is the biggest difference. But I think at that price, you know, the 10 to 11 range for a, for a linebacker of his caliber in his prime getting healthy again, I think that that's about right. 
And I don't think we've seen Jordan Brooks's best football either. I think he's been hamstrung to an extent by some of the issues that we have just seen in general with the Seahawks defense the last couple of years. And he's racked up a lot of tackles, but I just don't know that the coaching staff, and you could say this about a number of players, I just don't know that they put their players in the best position to really maximize their talents. And as you said, this is a guy that can move, he can move sideline to sideline. He can make plays in coverage. There were a couple times last year, there's one that jumps out to me immediately, was that game against the Eagles on Monday Night Football. He was going up against DeAndre Swift on a wheel route, and he was going with him side for stride on the sidelines and was able to force an incompletion, and that was on an ankle that was hobbling him. So I think that you have seen the flashes. He just needs to have a coaching staff that can really get him to that next level, and unfortunately, I don't think that Pete Carroll and his staff were able to do that, but I look at Mike McDonald. You watch what those Ravens linebackers did last year, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. They were aggressive, sending them on blitzes. Both those guys had good numbers getting after the quarterback when they were blitzers. They were sideline, sideline, flying around. They had good coverage numbers. They wreaked havoc. Patrick Queen is going to be a free agent. So maybe the Seahawks try to go that route and reunite him with uh, Mike McDonald. But I could very easily see a scenario here where Mike McDonald's like, you know, we really liked this guy out of Texas Tech and Seattle took him before we could get him. I'm excited to get this guy back in the fold. And I think he's going to be cheaper. I think Patrick Queen hitting the free agent market has a chance to make a lot more money coming off the season that he had last year. Whereas Jordan Brooks, he had a good season, but not a great season, has had a few injuries in there. So maybe that 10 to $11 million per year, if you're getting that for your starter in this defense with what Mike McDonald has done with linebackers consistently in the NFL, I think you'd feel really good about your chances of this kid having a breakout first season and suddenly making that contract look like an absolute bargain. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I just I think he just fits that. And you look at the numbers here, we're talking 10 to 11. So it's in the bottom threshold of, you know, the top paid linebackers. He's not going to command, you know, the Roquan Swift or Roquan Smith or Fred Warner kind of numbers. I think Patrick Queen could maybe flirt with the, you know, 15, 14 to 17 range. But um, certainly if it's a price point and issue, and right now for the Seahawks, it absolutely is. We're still you know, talking the Seahawks being in the red and the salary cap. I know that there are lots of moves that can be made. We talked about that last week of how you can restructure or slash or cut and make all of a sudden the cap look really nice and you can start spending a bit more. Um, but is is that best used on the top you know linebacker on the, on, on the market? I think Mike McDonald can do what he wants with his defense with Jordan Brooks in the middle. Yeah, and I've mentioned it before, the competitiveness. I think that that is the one thing that's really going to stand out. Once Mike McDonald has had a chance to talk to Jordan Brooks, I think that that's going to resonate with him that, hey, this guy is the type of competitor and maybe he's more of a quiet leader, but he has the leadership intangibles and the way that he carries himself to lead by example that I think Mike McDonald is going to be looking for. Again, this is very similar. We were talking a couple of days ago with Leonard Williams here on the show. I think Leonard Williams and Jordan Brooks might be the two most coveted free agents to bring back on Seattle's list. They're both defensive players. It really just boils down to price point. Now, $11 million per year is going to make Jordan Brooks a top 10 paid inside linebacker. So some fans might look at that price tag and say, that's a little pricey for me. But if he plays the way that I think he can with Mike McDonald coaching him with 
Kirk Olivadotti coaching him, a guy that has done remarkable things. I mean, he turned Devondre Campbell into a $10 million a year linebacker in Green Bay. And I think Jordan Brooks is a more talented football player than Devondre Campbell. So I just think with this coaching staff, that that price point could very quickly turn into a bargain. If you were able to ink him to a two or three year deal at around 11 million per year, a couple of years from now, we could be looking at that saying, Hey, he might be trying to hold out because this contract is no longer sufficient. He deserves top five money. That's the way that I'm viewing it. So I think that 10 to 11 million per year range. Yes. They got to find a way to open up some cap space, but they have ways they can do that. This guy, I believe should be one of the building blocks for this defense with Mike McDonald being the head coach. We'll have to wait and see what happens as we've now got less than a month until the start of free agency. If he does hit the market, I anticipate there are going to be plenty of teams out there interested in a 27-year-old linebacker that is in the prime of his career and has racked up over 100 tackles each of the past three seasons. As always, you can follow me on X and Threads at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Nick at NickLee51. Subscribe and follow Locked on Seahawks on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode coming up on tomorrow's show. I'm going to be riding solo and I'm going to be taking a look at Adam Durday's comments in his intro press conference and some prospects from Michigan who Mike McDonald might have some links to that might make sense for the Seahawks in this upcoming draft. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday and thanks for listening in. Go Hawks.